Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. Boff! I've even allowed a four-second segue to seamlessly get us into this. Ladies and gentlemen, min, 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 look who I've gone and snagged deliciously in my Zoom hole. We have got Howard Coggins and Stu McLaughlin from Living Spit. An awesome double act. Uh, you will be able to speak in a minute. I'm just going to blow a bit of smoke at you. You are the oh. Morecambe and Wise of Western Supermare, which I thought was a delicious review of you both. And... Um, if we just bump into you randomly in the street and we go, oh, it's Living Spit. But what's your favourite way of answering what do you do then? So so what would you say Living Spit is all about? I'd say you've got the wrong person. <laughs> Run away. Run away. <laughs> I mean, the first thing I'd do. Run away. Turn and yeah. answer the question. Of course I would. Uh, what would you say, Howard? Oh, thanks. Uh, well, on. I think we're, we're, um, we're a theatre company that makes theatre for audiences, um, basically, so we we kind of make shows that people want to spend fifteen to twenty pounds on um, for some of the family. For some of the family, <laughs> uh, I like that. The caveat: some of the family. I brought all my family, and we've not you've not succeeded in offending us yet. Actually, even though you've tried, I know there's been need. Well, yeah, I've tried. Yeah. Yes, and and it is hilarious stuff that you do, and and I absolutely adore. Just the, the sheer joy of sitting there. And I, I know that I grin all the way through what you're doing. I've recently seen Elizabeth I, Virgin on the Ridiculous. And the Sir Walter Raleigh rap is a thing of great joy and wonder. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, but you wrote it, Stuart. Well, so you perform it. Yeah, I know. So, so, it's, a, it's, a, so it's a group effort. It's a group yeah, effort. <laughs> Yeah. And you are awesome. And in fact, uh, while I was Googling around, you know, what you're doing, looking at the Living Spit website, which, by the way, towards the end of the programme, you'll be able to go deliciously as deep as you like onto your own URLs. Uh, interestingly, people also Google and ask, is Living Spit the most physically attractive two man musical comedy company? Yes. Yes. It's a simple answer. And you've got that. <laughs> that's just there as a question alongside people also ask, are, are you that question? <laughs> Is that really when you Google it? Is that what it says? Yeah, this is yeah, because that's another thing people immediately obviously want to ask. Wow. I don't know how that got there. Maybe we put that in. Just want to say we've recently had a a, a Twitter um, stream trading. We have. Uh, oh, have you? Hashtag hot for Howard. Hashtag hot for Howard. Just uh -huh. saying. Just saying that's trending as we speak, is it? Hot for Howard. Well, well it's not, but we'd, we'd like to get it there. <laughs> so many. It? Somebody uh, emailed us to say that they'd um, they'd fallen a little bit in love with me, which I have to say, being a man of of uh, a bald fat man all my life doesn't happen to be very often. And um, uh, and uh, she said, if the if the if the Twitter handle hashtag hot forward isn't trending, then it should be. So we're we're determined we're to, to make it, it happen. Yeah. And uh, can we just check it wasn't Stu that's actually in address being the person that's doing the hashtagging there. 
No comment. Next question. <laughs> Next question. And by the way, Living Spit, as I know, came about because, as I understood it, you've got 17 shows in your awesome canon now. And Craig yeah. Edwards, who I've also had on my podcast, is your sort of resident in-house in director. But you got well, going awesome. because you are... Uh, okay. Beg pardon? Don't believe a word he says, I tell yeah. you. No. But you, Howard, are the living spit ofs, ofs, ofs of Henry VIII, and that's how the show and the construct got going. Is that not right? Yeah. So I get. I was Stu and I have worked together as actors for for, for many, well, about ten years, yeah. and um, uh, and we'd always said, "Oh, should we do a show together?" And never really. I mean, none of us, neither of us, had written anything. We, you know, we didn't know how to make a show. We just. Mm. Um, and one day he rang me from Hever Castle, and I will let him take over the story. Well, I, yeah, I'd just gone on a day trip to Hever Castle, and um, I was walking around. I saw this huge uh, picture of Henry VIII, and I thought, God, that looks so much like Howard. Um, I wonder if anyone's ever told him before he looks like Henry VIII. So I thought, well, I'll just give him a ring and ask him. So I rang him and said, has anyone ever told you you look like Henry VIII? And he said, no. Do I? And I said, yeah, you really do. Um, and... We uh, we'd been talking for a while about we wanted to make a show, as Howard said, um, but we just didn't know what the show would be, what the idea was. Um, so it just kind of languished. We never talked about it. And then I think we joked. I, I don't remember which way around it was. I think I said, hey, that should be the show. You be Henry VIII and I'll play all the six wives. Ha, ha, ha. And he went all quiet and serious and said, no, that, that should be the show. And I said, oh, no, I was just, just joking. He said, no, but that's a really good idea. That should actually be the show. So, um, yeah, cut to, what, 10 years later? Yeah. Yes. On our 17th show, having, we flogged Henry for quite a long time, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, we've given it several revivals. We've decided we're not going to do that one again now. So if you haven't seen it. Ah, too late. But go, what goes around comes around. That was the genesis of hashtag hot for Howard. You're just thinking, <laughs> hello. He looks strangely attractive. But also... When we first did that, um, that show, there was a line in it said, that said, I'm nearly 40, Stu, I'm nearly 40. And um, we joked, we, at the time, we said, oh, we'll still be saying this when I'm 50. Yeah, we and then, 50. True, true enough, we, we were, were yeah, we and we did. Exact line. I'm nearly 50, Stu. Yeah. And I know you both live in Clevedon, and yet that the review I loved about you, which I said, saw, and, and thought that makes complete sense, is you are the Morecambe and Wise of Western Supermare. I know it's in the, in the approximate area, but I also think of you as being a bit like Morecambe and Wise or a bit like Laurel and Hardy, in that you can imagine you in bed together in the right way, tucked up, planning your next show. We might occasionally get yeah. to in bed in the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah swap you know, sides, or we've got in the wrong way. We have and we, we we have been filming. Well, actually, it's taken ages to come up. We have been filming a version of our Henry VIII show, um, and we did it during lockdown when you were allowed to just have small groups in the house. And we um, we did film it in my house. So um, there's quite a lot of scenes where I am, where Stu and I are actually literally in bed together, yeah. um, in the place where I sleep with my wife. It's very strange. And we were simulating what he does with his wife. Yeah. Ah, of course. Yeah. It's simulating um, what he does with his wife. <laughs> we read for 10 minutes and then we both went to sleep. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. So the recurring theme is that you do uh, you do epic scale <laughs> macro theatre, but you do it with just the two of you. So you're doing fairly epic stuff. You're doing Frankenstein. So just list off some of the canon and we'll get a sense of how two of you end up doing a, a sort of theatre for thousands. Uh, well, we've done three history shows. We've done um, Henry, we've done our Elizabeth show, and we've also done a show called Adolf Winston, which is yes. the Second World War. 
Um, we've done some Christmas shows. We have Christmas Carol and the Nativity. The Nativity. Um, we did a version of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. You did. Um, did uh, we've done, we did, we done. We did Frank, you mentioned Frank Frankenstein, that's quite an epic one. We also did The Odyssey with Kate Dimbleby as well. You did. We did Swan Lake with a couple Swan. of uh, ballet dancers, yeah. Um, and then we've done some rhyming shows, so yeah. so we've done quite a few shows that are all in rhyming couplets. Um, uh, we haven't done one for a while, but actually, we're, we are going to be doing one at, at the end of the year, yes. Um, come to that later, so, yeah. We'll come to that later. Yeah. So, we've done uh, a, we've done versions of kind of classic fairy tales, so we've done the version of Three Little Pigs called The Fabulous Bacon Boys. Yeah, and yes. we did um, uh, Tortoise V. Hare. That was the Tortoise V. Tortoise Hare. Hare, lovely. And One Man and His Cow, which is a version of a kind of old Nigerian, I think. Folktale, yeah, something it? like that. But it's basically the story of King Lear. But with a cat. Um, <laughs> As you do. And um, you've done a right you've done a right old timeline. You've been, have you done the Big Bang as well? There was a science related show as well. I need done the nativity. <laughs> Yes, we did Giants of Science uh, a few years back. Yeah, so that was all about science and scientists. Um, and then we've done we've done a, a version of um, Doctor Faustus called oh, The Devil and the Shopkeeper, right. yeah. um, uh, which was a sort of science specific thing that we did in in a shop in Cleveland, and that. Yeah. That led led us to to starting to run an actual venue in Cleveland. Yes, um, the theatre shop in Cleveland. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, and indeed, you've been kind enough to have instant wit at your theatre shop in Cleveland as well. And and we've got history okay. as well because actually you're both in in instant wit, but of course you're a little bit too busy of late and being a bit too busy. <laughs> to be yeah. uh, but you are always honorary members, <laughs> and you know we'll, we'll look forward to having you back whenever. Awesome. Also, we did something called Turnip and Flange together, Howard, way back when. I know you we know did. that. We did, yeah, yeah, yes, we did, which is still um, available. Doing the rounds, doing on the rounds YouTube. on the on the YouTube's, yeah. and that could have been where hashtag Hot for Howard also got going back almost, in the day. Almost certainly, where it almost yeah, certainly. Yeah. Also, there is that lovely thing of the fact that Stuart is very good in a dress and often plays the wives. And I know there was a bit of toing and froing in one of you's going to be, uh, you know, in, in Frankenstein, who's going to be the hideous monster put together with, with human body parts and who's playing all of the other more attractive bits, shall we say? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So, look, we're going to get you on the open. Frankenstein. Frankenstein was interesting because we actually didn't play many other parts mm. each, didn't mm. we? Well, you played... You played a few parts at the beginning, but yeah. basically we just played those two parts. Once the story gets going, it's basically just Victor and mm. his creation... Um, so we, we did a few parts at the beginning. I was, I think, I was dad, and I was Elizabeth. And then, sort of, once you get going, it was just me and you playing those two parts. Yeah, yeah. In our underpants. Yeah. And you time. do get absolutely butt naked. Uh, my son Stan remembers Stu in that one. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Well, that was a bit of an accident, really. Um, we had this uh, sequence where, um, if you haven't seen the show, I'll just briefly explain. Where I'm naked. Obviously, when I get created, I'm completely naked. But we did that classic thing of my genitals always being masked by some sort of prop. Um, and we go to great pains to mask that at all times. Hang on, let's be clear about this. I go to great you pains. Go to great pains. <laughs> I, my face uh, in his uh, yeah, pressed the, up against it. One of the things that masks my genitals is Howard's face. Um, so, yes, it yeah, is a perfect that. mask for your genitals, Howard's face. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and then he puts a pair of pants on me, and there's a whole routine where these these. Oh, with your head inside his pants, are we talking? Well, no, I, not I, quite, I don't think but... it goes quite inside the pants, does it? But um, he puts these on me anyway, and uh, it takes about five or ten minutes. 
um, and we've we've gone to real good lengths to make sure that there's no no, no penis is seen. At which point the audience go, "Yay, we didn't see anything!" At which point I just very innocently just pull them down and go, "Woohoo!" <laughs> <laughs> And so I think it's that really it, the joke. We were I think in it, weren't we? And we realised we'd done this big scene, uh, this big routine, and there was no button on the end. There was no, no kind of like. And I just did it. it as a joke in rehearsals to make people in the rehearsal room laugh. Because by that point in rehearsals, everyone had seen my my penis, and so I just kind of went, "Look, we've all seen it. <laughs> Let's just draw a line under it. It's now public property in this rehearsal room." Yeah. So I just went, "Hey, let's do that," and made everyone laugh, and then. Craig sort of went, oh, that's actually a really nice button. Yeah, the, 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 be the best thing about it was we were doing a co-production. It was a co-production with Salisbury Playhouse. That, and um, we'd kind of gone to great pace saying, you know, there's like partial male nudity yeah. and all this and all this stuff. And then we had to go down to his, uh, to Gareth, who's the, the um, artistic director down there, uh, go down to his office, uh, like like giggling schoolboys, <laughs> and go, is it all right if we show Stu's Willie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as you taking it very seriously because he's quite a, he's quite well he's not a serious fellow but he's got a kind of air of seriousness about him he's, he's got, got some air of decency about him obviously yeah, he does, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no i think that's i think that's okay yeah he uh, said he said is it is it sexual in any way and we went no it's like completely innocent it's like a toddler just showing you know yes. for the first time their piece and he went yeah i don't see any problem so off we went and it was all the things that had gone to press about partial male nudity they had to take off the partial because it was now full frontal. But I tell you what, what 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 Stu's realised in this time is that oh, that, yeah. that that once you do that, and of course we did the show in Cleveland recently, and so a lot of we we get we don't get stopped. I mean, we're not famous or anything, but in Cleveland, because lots of people come to see our shows in Cleveland, mm. um, people do come up to you and go, oh, you're living spit, aren't you? Which is yeah. lovely. Mm -hmm. But what they do now to Stuart is, is they basically go, I've seen your penis. Yeah. As if that's a thing that you could just walk up to somebody and say. Well, yeah. as you said yeah. so eloquently, my penis is public property is what you said, Stuart. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> it amongst my friends, but it, apparently yes. it's, all about, it's now amongst Cleveland and Western Supermare. So, uh, and you've got a really yeah. good disclaimer ultimately which is it is not sexual in any way my penis which is which is a good disclaimer uh, and i stand by that stand we by stand it. by it I, I love that so um that gives us a perfect segue and i like the fact you end that whole sequence with whoa and we can see the knob and then we move on which is great yeah. so i'm going to take you through the curated journey of the good listening to oh. podcast so um as living spit we're going to bring you into whatever your clearing is and then there'll be a tree where i arrive in your clearing once you've told me what it is a bit waiting for god i'm going to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out and by the way the clearing is where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to get told. And then the apples that fall out of your tree is where you've been kind enough to have thought about four things that have shaped you as living spit, three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention and borrow from the film up. That's a bit boop, squirrels, you know, what never fails to grab your attention. You know, whether that's uh, Stuart's penis or whatever, we, we, we'll move on to that. And then a quirky or unusual fict about you we couldn't possibly uh, know until you tell us. Then we'll talk about alchemy gold. There's a random... Uh, the squirrels I've already mentioned, a bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So let's going on the get going on the hope and road. What is, where is a clearing literally or, or, or a serious happy place, literally or metaphorically for you living spit? Well, right. That's a tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, it depends it, what we're doing. Yeah. 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 What do you think? Well, I mean, I think that for, for me, the, 
our little theatre shop is where we it's sort of our home yes yeah. as, as living as living spit you know like um we that's where we make all our shows that's yeah. where we tend to open our shows yeah, uh, we, and rehearse we rehearse there and and we are involved in the running of it um and it feels like what we've achieved as living spit is amazing but also what we've achieved in terms of the theatre shop is 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 amazing we've kind of had this idea for a um for a, a you know turning a shop into it and it's just it's the first one of its kind and um uh and people seem to love it here so you know that's that's a happy place for living spit same, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and it started I mean, off as a sort of it started off sort of a pop-up venue, but then you've made it more constant now. So what was the story of the theatre shop? What what did it used to do? Well, it used to be a shop called Books and Puzzles, <laughs> which sold um, weightlifting equipment. No, it did sell, as the name suggests, Books and Puzzles. Um, and um, we were originally two doors down from that shop. So back in 2015, I think. Ish, yeah. 2015, 14, 15. Um, we were working with a company called Theatre Orchard and they said um, they, they do a lot of kind of outreach in the community and projects of that sort. And there was a, a quite a shocking statistic that all these local shops were closing down at an alarming rate and being sort of put out of business. And so we had lots of empty shop units in Clevedon and the surrounding area. So we had this idea or rather probably Fiona Matthews from Theatre Orchard had this idea. Wouldn't it be great to put a pop up show in a in a shop and turn it into a little pop-up theater yeah so we said yeah that would be a great idea yeah. so we came up with this concept um the devil and the shopkeeper whereby a shopkeeper played by Hi. the illustrious mr howard Collins. with a moustache oh yeah you did i grew a moustache by the way it does sound very mr it does sound very mr ben the shopkeeper and the devil. Yeah. yeah yeah and a customer turns up in his shop the devil played by myself who um Basically, he, the, the shopkeeper complains that his business is going down, down the swanee and the devil says, oh, I can make your business go really, really well. All you have to do is sell me your soul. But the devil can't spell, so he spells it S-O-L-E. And the denouement is he gets a shoe. Um, Love that. Uh, yeah. yeah. A simple so, idea. So we did that, and that was a free show for, for people... Um, just to get people into the shops, basically. Yeah. So um, it wasn't and... Henry VIII. You didn't trailblaze and start the theatre shop with that being your genesis. No, show. no, no, not at all. So anyway, we did this, and then and then at the end of it, I said to Fiona Matthews, who's um, a brilliant sort of producer and organizer, I said we could turn that into a into a proper theatre because it wasn't a proper theatre. There was no seats or anything. No, people no, just no. came in, stood up. It was a short show. We did the show, and then they left again. We did it like three or four times a day, um, but. Um, but I said, well, we could turn it into an actual theatre. And the great thing about Fiona is that she, when you, you say things like that to her and she goes, oh, right, OK. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, like 18 months later, you've got a load of money from the Arts Council and yeah. it's happening. You know, <laughs> so we did this we did this kind of pop up festival for a month um, in 2015. Um, and it, it was 45 shows in 30 days, I think. Mm. Um, it was a mad thing. And then we just sort of kept it going, really. Um, firstly, with Theatre Orchard and then latterly with a group of volunteers from the community and, and ourselves. And the funding um, continues to this day and it's still a going concern. Uh, no, no, no. It's not funded like regularly. We, we do get some sometimes get Arts Council grants and sometimes do it unfunded. Uh, it's yeah. a, you know, nobody makes any money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um 
but it's a it's a great thing to have in in the town. It's a, I mean, it's a delicious passion project because it gives you a venue, a space, a, a raison d'etre, and of course you're providing something fantastic uh, for the community as well. So it's it's a, a lovely thing. We're really thing. passionate about the community of Clevedon, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, definitely. We you know we we kind of we're really proud to be part of this community, and it's a brilliant community. Um, and so you know that when I mean, you walk down the street and you know people and mm. you know it's it's a it's a it's a great thing so um if we can that's, a, that, that's a very apposite clearing for you both the fact that you do rehearse your current shows there as well is that right so whenever you're going to rehearse yeah. what's next although having said that we don't actually don't know how long it's going to last yeah there's it, it's sort of on a clause that within three months they could kick us out at any minute um they haven't yet but it's been close a couple of times yeah, yeah. so we we've, we've been a bit like right let's get, get everything up together we're off and then we've been sort of saved. Is about, that because I mean, the owner's always trying to think about repurposing it, therefore getting you yes. to sort of sling your hook? Well, there's no, in, what in what we're doing, there's no money for anyone. There's, it's just, you know, a kind of outreach project, essentially. So I think that from their point of view, they, they want to maximise on, on their capital. And, yeah, and we don't really help them do that. So, Although I'm pretty sure that come the day, you will get wonderful crowdfunding in the sense that it's such an important fixture. And, you know, it, it is a great you know something you should both be very very proud of and I'm, I'm loving the fact that that's your your energetic serious happy place is something that you've created as a sort of continual launch pad for living spit which is great yeah, it feels right yeah. Yeah. yeah big ups and by the way you're doing incredibly well you said to me at the very beginning do you mind if we swear and you're being as clean as a pair of clean things at the oh. moment so yeah. you were the one. You were the one, Chris Grimes. We we spent ages trying to avoid saying a word. Yeah. Uh, we were using the correct anatomical we were. term for penis, and then you said a, a slightly rude word. Yeah. What? So, did... <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. So we, we're now. <laughs> I can't remember what word that was. Now I think we've all said penis. No. 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 I was worrying it was cock. I'm so sorry. Right. Okay. Let's get <laughs> going. So um, we're in your clearing, your serious house place, the theatre shop in Clevedon. And I love how specific that is. So now I'm going to arrive with a tree um, in your clearing and we're going to shake your tree to see which apples fall out. So um, this is a bit waiting for God OS because I too am a hector, obviously. So um, Living Spit, uh, four things then that have shaped you, would you say, in, in what you've been achieving over the last several years? Four things. Four things. Well, I think the first thing I can think of is that when... We felt there was a general sense um, in the th sort of theatrical world that um, people put theatres plays on for more theatre people to come and see. So we noticed that and we thought, right, let's let's find that gap in the market, make things for people who don't normally would who wouldn't normally come to the theatre. So people who uh, I, I always think about my my own family, like my my stepdad, for instance, would never, ever go to see a serious piece of theatre, but he would always come and see us. Um, and I don't know whether that's because I'm in it or, but, or or whether he'd come anyway, but we always try to aim to make theatre for non-theatrical people to enjoy, that they come out of it not feeling like they've been sort of, um, I, I don't know, have their souls kind of cleansed or open their eyes to some big issues or something, but they've just had a really, really good time. Uh, and and so that's what that was one of the things that sort of shaped us early on, wasn't it? We we have a very high um, sensitivity to pretentiousness. We do. Uh, <laughs> yes, we do. We 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 kind of, and I, I think sometimes it's a bit too far. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. You know, sometimes we we we're overly we, yeah we're overly we sometimes we don't talk about things seriously because we can't we're scared of being serious about yeah, things. Yeah. Um. And and I think 
but but generally i think we we prefer it when there there's no pretentiousness there's no yeah. we're not we're not trying to change anybody well we are trying to change people's lives in as much as we're trying to make them laugh for it for an hour and a half yeah. you know yeah. that's yes. the that's the idea we're not you know we haven't got anything to say, no. you know, particularly. No lofty kind of ideals that we want. I mean, sometimes that happens, but, yeah. but only, by, ac- only yeah. by accident. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that I think that's, that's, that's the, first, the one. first one. The second one, I would say, was be Craig Edwards. Oh, yeah. Now, I know that that sounds a bit weird, because but but we, we wrote this show, this Henry VIII show, and we had... we. We had no idea how it was going to work. We Not still, so. this is still how it works. We write things in script in the script, and then basically write ourselves massive problems mm. that we just, then expect <laughs> Craig just kind of go. Well, he'll sort that out yeah. in, in rehearsals. You know, like he'll sort out how we play four parts each at the same time. Yeah. You know, or, or whatever. So we just write it and don't think. Or you know, we'll write there is a massive fight, or um, there's mm. you know things like that, and and he he solves it. So yeah. so he's definitely in terms of the shows. It, he's and that people think of Living Spit as us two, yeah. but but it's definitely it's as much. Well, both both. I mean, there's a team of five of us basically, and everybody's got you know everybody's as important. We couldn't do it without anyone. We got Fiona Trim Trimo, our amazing stage manager, um, and Craig and our brilliant producer Ali. Um, but but Craig in the rehearsal room does actually literally well not literally but mould the, mm. the 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 thing into, and he's just got such a brilliant kind of like obtuse mind basically yes he goes to places where we would never think to go um and yeah so so we've stopped writing things like stage directions in our scripts now because back in the early days we used to try and be really right i've got an idea for how i want this scene to work so i'll write the words but i also write what we're doing what props we've got and you learn quite early on that they'll all get cut and they'll all get changed once craig sees it because he'll go Ah, oh, there's a much easier way of doing that, and he'll come up with something better. The, the best example of that is that, that when um, when we were doing Henry VIII, I know what you're going to uh, say. There's a um, there was a scene where Stu plays Henry the Seventh, uh, and he um, he uses a, a what do they call it a, um, a whiteboard. A, yeah, no, no, no. But the, the when it's an acrostic, oh, like an, uh, yes, yeah, right, right. an acrostic about um, uh, what it means to be a king, and basically it um, it spells out the word dribble and mm-hmm. of course we've written what well, Stuart written um that it was a on a whiteboard white and, and like a you know like doing all this and craig craig went we don't need a whiteboard we don't need a whiteboard he <laughs> says write it on your chest right so Stu has then spent the next 10 years yeah. occasionally having to have dribble yeah. written right down his chest for three months at a stretch yes my marital foliage so uh that was interesting yeah. And I love but the shorthand of that. Oh, I love the shorthand of, oh, Craig will sort that. So the fact you all yeah. speak living spit as a sort of congruent yeah. language of each person well, that knows is, what. That's kind of why we feel it's that shaped us, that his influence has shaped us, because we do now have like a shared language. So we all know what we're talking about. We have a kind of shorthand, which is why when we rehearse, we don't often work very hard. <laughs> um, we don't have huge long rehearsal periods of five, six weeks. We do, if we can't do it in three weeks, we probably can't do it. So we, we tend to just go, yeah, three weeks, and then 
we'll do, you know, we got really intense way of working in the mornings and then the afternoons are much more, ah, let's go home. So, uh, yeah, lovely. So, yeah, but, and also, I think what that means is that we have to be, we have to be really careful when when we do it's why we rarely involve other people and it's not because we don't want to work with other people we we love working with other people but we've we've realized that that we're just so tight and we just have this kind of way of working mm. that unless we're extremely careful can yeah. make other people feel excluded and it's not it's not it's definitely not deliberate no definitely um, not. but we 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 do understand that that does happen so um and there's so a really you, clear super imperative in the desire to entertain. All you want to do really is be yeah, make it absolutely. universal, entertaining, be silly and enjoy yourselves. And then that spills off into the audience as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely. a wonderful exchange and reciprocity in that, which is really a delight. I think that that's that's the dynamic that works. That sort of leaks off the stage at you. The sense of you know, that there's a real uh, super imperative of just we want to entertain and make it universal and unpretentious. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Lovely. So this is really delicious stuff so far. Anything else that shaped you? Uh, number three. Number two, uh, three. Your go. It's your go. Yeah, my go. <laughs> it's all prepared. We, prepared. we spent hours preparing this, Chris. Hours. Oh, let's go home. <laughs> I've mentioned that um, music plays a huge role in what we do. We're both musicians. Um, and we. I think one of the things that shaped us um, as individuals was that Howard and I were both in bands as very early kind of teenagers in our early life. Um, and that was one of the first things we wanted to do really, wasn't it? Play music in sort of, you know, pubs or whatever to entertain <coughs> people. So when we came together, we, we used those influences to shape what we bring musically to the table. Um, and that's through musical theatre as well. We both, both had a, a shared interest in musical theatre as very young kind of uh, actors. Um, and we've we just brought it together and made a kind of fusion of music for our shows now. So I suppose those musical backgrounds is something that shaped us too, really. And you've got a great canon of, of a sort of back catalogue of the music that you can also, I know, I know you make a great comic moment out of you can buy the CD and there's one of you gets a £10 note out and actually says, look, you can do this. And you actually act out how to buy a CD, which the I great thing was, Chris, that we um, we actually sold out of CDs. Yeah. So we had to carry on doing that. Um, we had to carry on doing that that joke. And then when people went afterwards yeah. to say to buy a CD, we did have any. We have now. We thought no one buys CDs <laughs> anymore. But we did this show, um, just for the reference of people listening, the show that Chris is talking about is Elizabeth the First, the one we're currently doing right now, which we originally made in 2014. Well, CDs were much more prevalent then. You yes. Know, they sort of dying out a little bit. But now they're totally died up. People haven't even got CD player anymore. But it was a, such a nice joke that we thought, well, we'll keep it in and we'll, we'll flog maybe a, three CDs. We've even got three left, so we'll, we'll flog them. But they all went because the joke goes quite well. So, yeah, as Howard said, we had to order some more just so we could keep the joke in the show. Very um, but nice. yes, to answer your question, we do have like a, yeah, quite a hefty back catalogue because we've got 17 shows now all with at least five or six pieces of, you know, big songs in, because we love songs and we love telling stories through songs and we love telling jokes through songs as well. The um, the comedy song is a, is a kind of dying art, we feel. So we've tried to bring that back a little bit too. Um, so yeah, we do have hundreds and hundreds of songs in the back catalogue. And um, what's the process of how you write the song, by the way? Because I, you, you both are very gifted in different ways, but how, how do you go about crafting the song? You know what, it, it's Different. all of it. I Various. mean, like we, we don't 
writing the shows is different every time. Well, not every time. We have, we've got three or four different ways of writing the shows, and we do it all all of those ways. Mm. Same with songs. Uh, you know, Stu's the Stu writes more songs than me. I suppose probably eighty percent of the songs are Stu's, seventy or eighty percent. Um, but having said that, for Beauty and the well. yeah, we do, we do write songs together. And Beauty and the Beast, and Beauty yeah. and the Beast I I wrote. A lot of the I wrote a lot of the incidental yeah. music yeah. for that. You did all of these. I did all, yeah. yeah. So it's just one of those things, really, that you kind of we don't have a we, we try not to have a any kind of there's plan, no method, so, is there? No, I mean, we, you know, we still feel like I mean, it might sound slightly pretentious, and we touched on this earlier that we hate being pretentious, but we still feel like we're we're still trying to discover what the method is because there isn't yeah, yeah. really one. Every show we go. How are we going to approach this one? What should we each do and how should we do it? Yeah, and, yeah. And I don't not sure we've really ever repeated exactly the same no. method. Each Although time. The, the method reading between the lines is in the idea of the shorthand of oh, as you said, oh, Craig will sort that. So you've definitely got the partnership is the the method is is trusting each other's strengths. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. And uh, do you want our fourth thing? I've, 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 yeah, yeah, I have. I have. I'm, I'm going to say one word to you, Stuart. This, if you want things that have shaped us, right? Yeah. Run core. <laughs> That's what I've got to say to you. So the, I reckon the things that shape you most, and like we, I don't know if you know, Stu and I are brothers-in-law now, and you know we spend a lot of time together. You know, and and that. Nobody spends more time with each other than than we do, apart from your misses, really. Yeah. And we have this kind of relation, you know, not married relations. Obviously, we only occasionally have sex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you, when you really get to know someone, when you really is when it's really bad and we have had some really bad gigs i mean not mm. we don't have bad gigs very often no. but we have had some really bad gigs yeah, yeah. and our touchstone for a bad gig is run corn we played in run corn uh, oh, oh, probably about six or seven years ago now yeah. and we've never played it again no we? we wouldn't no we wouldn't <laughs> and that wasn't <laughs> because you were falling out that was just something that happened which no, i hope no, you tell us about it was a time when we were doing like early days in Libby's bit we used to do a lot of one-nighters so we'd yeah. drive to wherever in the country um for four hours or whatever the rock and roll beginnings show and then drive back and so you're talking 17 18 hour days um, and you're exhausted and um, grumpy, basically. Yeah. Um, and then it's fine if you do a great show at the end of it, and we have done that. But when you go and drive to Runcorn, which I apologies to anybody who lives in Runcorn, <laughs> it's not somewhere you go on holiday. Runcorn, yeah. uh, put it like that. Um, and it was, it was a, it's a horrible theatre. Basically, it's like a, it's like a, a, a leisure centre, and. Um, uh, with no atmosphere and the the, the staff couldn't be bothered yeah. and the audience hated us i mean it was literally every single you know <laughs> there weren't many of them there weren't many of them the ones that were in yeah so that you know that that's when you get the measure of each other and that's when you kind of yeah and what was know, the show you were doing can you i mean obviously you'll remember what what of your which henry, of your canon henry, yeah. henry the eighth is the show we've toured the most um throughout our career together um, and that, that was the one I think we took there. And we both said, never again. Um, and we never have again. We've stuck to that. Yeah. We? And, uh, and with yeah. hindsight, you know, the idea, there was obviously a perfect storm going on that night of, of time yeah. spent in the car, you know, 
van getting there and then what what do you think was the the, the reason why the crowd was so tough no no i mean i always i always try to think you know it can never be the audience's fault that it's no, a shit right. night yeah however on this occasion <laughs> <laughs> no it, I, I don't know chris to be honest i mean it could it it can only ever be a mixture of what we were doing and what they were doing. But these yeah, yeah. things sometimes, as a performer yourself, you'll understand that these things feed into each other. So we might come on, look out at, you know, six people and go, oh, great. Yeah. This is going to be good. And yeah. they will maybe be able to feel that energy and go, oh, great. They're not putting anything into it. Yeah. So it just it becomes a kind of a kind of um, loop, really, and just feeds itself round and round. So that, who knows, that could have happened. Um or maybe not. I mean, often we'll go on and see if only a few people. We, we go, right, we yeah. really have to try and get them on board. Yes. Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So it's, just it's very problem. relative with the instant wit dynamic in, in what we all know as well about sizes yes. of audience, etc. Also, there is that delicious thing about your your your. your fundamental love and adoration for each other because there is in the, in the canon of clowns and double acts there are people like Abbott and Costello who ended up really hating each other and I'm you know I obviously I'm sincerely hoping that never happens because this is a, a wonderful dynamic duo trio it's going to be bloody it's going to be bloody tricky at Christmas yeah because we do as Howard said we we are brothers-in-law so you know if, if we did end up hating each other then yeah, the the family gatherings would be slightly. It would be a bit, shall we say, awkward. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it could be a bit like that. But um, so far, we're all right. Yeah, I think so. Oh, Oh, this is delightful, by the way, gentlemen. Thank you. Okay, so I think we've done your four shapages. It's now three things that inspire you. Yeah. What's next? Three things that inspire you. Oh, you did say that. Three things that inspire us. Well, I, I can think of one. Uh, I'm going to mention Chris Harris, as I always oh, do. Yeah. So yeah. There, was a, there was an amazing, um, if you're outside Bristol, you, you, you won't know who he is probably, uh, an amazing comic and um, a- actor uh, who was part of my life for a long time, um, since I was a, a, a teenager. And he kind of... Um, he was he was the funniest man I've ever met. Basically, he was, he was not present. I mean, present no, pre- no. I, 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 was funny. So yeah, um, and he he sort of took me under his wing, and he became my sort of theatre dad. Really, um, we would meet up, and um, our, we we did shows together. I he was the, he used to do the panto at the Ritz and I did pantos with him. But but it was about more than that. It was about he we would just meet up. At, uh, every couple of months and just chat and um and he was just incredibly funny he died about five years ago um and i, I miss him every day actually he's you mm. know it was a it was a really really important part of my life and i remember him coming to see henry the eighth and, mm, and it, to be honest for chris it was a big deal because it didn't start till i was nine and he was he was getting on by that stage. Yeah. and um, and he came to see this this show at late night and he was just so lovely about it mm. afterwards mm. um and um that meant the world to me that was that was you know why you do it so um and he was so definitely a dying breed of vaudevillian in the old traditional style yeah. he was a pantomime dame most famously wasn't he, he did the, yeah. the bath theater old yeah. pantomimes for many many years and I know that John Moni, somebody else, I've interviewed him, and he too has a similar love and adoration yes. and respect yes. for yes. the formative influencer that Chris Harris was. So he's very well worth a Google if you've not heard of Chris Harris. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. 
Um, another one I can think of is, um, and this is a kind of shared passion that we have. Well, Howard actually introduced me to, to this um, early on in our career. It's not. No, okay. I'm talking about the League of Gentlemen. Oh, yes. And it's kind of son or daughter, if you like, which is inside number nine, which uh -huh. is done by 50% of the members of League of Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen, if you don't know, is Mark Gatiss and Rhys Shearsmith and uh, Steve Pemberton, Steve Pemberton and, and then Jeremy, Jeremy Dyson. Dyson. Um, and he went on to make the Hoovers, didn't he? He did, yeah. Big in Hoovers. Big I, in I, Hoovers. Know, it was a big career change. It was, but it's yeah. worked out well. Yeah, so yeah, I'd say good luck to him. Yeah. Good luck to him. Um, <laughs> Is so, that literally the same Dyson? I went down your rabbit hole beautifully there. <laughs> and they've taken gullible out of the dictionary, apparently. So, yeah, we used to watch that when we we literally had no ideas. We'd watch it and it would give us ideas. I mean, is that inspiration or is it plagiarism? plagiarism. Who knows? The jury's out. But um, I think there's something about, the, for me anyway, they are such confident performers and writers and some of their ideas are really, really out there, but they perform them so confidently that you cannot help but be kind of drawn into their, yes. their crazy world that they create. And that's something that I always felt I wanted to kind of replicate in what yeah. we do. Um, uh, it, it, you know, it can't all be knob gags, you know. I mean, we do some of those, obviously, but you've got to try and aim for something a bit more sophisticated. I mean, whether we get there or not, I, I, it's not for me to say, but we often aim for that. Well, they're, they're brilliant character. Uh, the, the characters are, are really yes. well um, realised. Even even characters like that don't that aren't on for long, yeah. um, they're, they're all really well realised. You, you have an immediate understanding of who those characters are and what they represent. And then they play with that. They And, you know, what we try and do is always subvert... Is, this is why we, we tend to do shows where... It's a, a title, so it's a, mm. it's an adaptation of of a story in some way, mm. um, because you then people have an expectation which you can either then go with or you can subvert, and yeah. and, and I think they do that brilliantly. They, they do, they yeah. do, and they often work with their characters. Are I mean, you they're not particularly nuanced to start with. They're, they're normally kind of archetypal characters, very very broad, but then they. Once you've got that, you think, oh, I know what this is. And yeah. they just delve that little bit yeah. deeper. And yeah. you go, oh, where is this taking us now? Yeah, well, there's yeah. definitely a sort of currency of surreality that you obviously feel very attracted to. And there's Absolutely. a darkness to them. But And I don't perceive you as being dark in a really good way because it's very universal what you both do. It's just yes. naturally I don't very funny. Dark, We're so. definitely not as dark as them. But but there's something about the, what, the way they portray their darkness that I find inspiring. That, yes. That there's there's an extra element to something they so so we try to sort of give people something and then try and as Howard says just sort of subvert it slightly and I think that comes from them certainly from my point of view mm. and by the way what you do definitely achieve is the the the, the twist on uh, making sure that you make it incredibly poignant moving and still there are moments of great yes. hilarity yeah. in what you do but also deeply seismically moving so whatever you are borrowing from that canon is working well I think we're quite sensitive to uh, we're sensitive a to the fact that we're two middle-aged blokes um you know and th and that that this the, the world's moved on in the last boy even in the last 10 years since mm. we started doing this yeah um and we have to so so 
if there's any whiff of sort of misogyny or anything, you know, like this was the thing about Henry VIII. It was it was kind of like, how do you? It's not funny the fact that Henry VIII basically, you know, went through a load of women for his own amusement, you know, it's, and it's, killed them, and killed know, some of them, mm. and and certainly humiliated the others. So how do you how do you do that? How do you make that funny? But 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 make sure that. It's not funny because a man is being horrible to women, you know, yeah. that, so, you know, so that's where those poignant things come from. And, and we always say, do the, if you need to tell, to do a scene, if you need a bit of story, then do it in the way that is the best way to do it. Yeah. Not, don't go for a cheap joke just because, I mean, cheap jokes are brilliant. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but if you need to, to to be serious, be serious because there's mm. no shame in that. Yeah, either. totally. We don't shy away from any of that. And similarly, um, you know, the the joke is not. I mean, I'm in a dress, right? Mm. So we've got that as a start. But that is not the the end joke. That just becomes an element. So if you keep relying on that for laughs all the time, that gets boring really quickly. Mm. So what we do is tend to say, look, I'm a woman now. Believe that and come with me. And we'll have some fun, um, and and then that is not mentioned again because it becomes it, it just is not it's not funny inherently for a man to be dressed. <laughs> and partly, it's because you're applying the currency beautifully of pathos as well within that, which makes it really truthful well, well, and that, real. That is it. Yeah, to play to play it truthfully is always going to deepen both the comedy and the pathos. Mm. So, so that is what we try to do. We never go, "Ooh, I'm in a dress. Look at me." You know, it's not about that that's not the joke so we always try to deepen it a little bit more and, and, and in, a, said, in, in a recent example no, sorry in a recent example i absolutely adored the um elizabeth the first version on the ridiculous the, the sequence when you're delivering a hilarious song full of trying to work out what various innuendos mean but you're applying mm -hmm. white makeup in a way that's really sort of slow and languid and that that, that, that is what we're describing here it's something very moving yes. very very yeah. silly going but on Interestingly, like like a lot of these things, that that was a practical problem that we had to solve. But um, basically, the, the original version of the show was was miles too long and had an interval, and that was the show. That was the song that happened before the interval. Mm. Um, and uh, in the interval, Stu used to change from Do one character to the other, mm. uh, not one character, but to, to two different versions of Elizabeth. Um, so that was just about kind of taking the interval out. How do we how do we take the interval out and and Stu changes face? Yeah, so that's um, how we did it, and that's how we did it. But it so, ended up being a really yeah, good exactly. element of the show, as you described. You know, we had that pathos with the with the stupid song as well. So it worked out really well for us. But pathos with a stupid happen. song is just a really clever thing to pull off. So good on you. <laughs> okay, so I think we've done three things that inspire you now. And now uh, two things that boom, never fail to grab your attention. Whatever else is going on in the living spit, working week, day, whatever, or period of time, what never fails to be a monster of distraction for you? A squirrel. Coffee. Yeah, I was going to say a, a hot beverage of coffee or a cup of tea. We're terrible for like first thing in the morning, right? And I know Fiona Trim, our stage manager, go, she, she can't get her head around this because we, we, we always <laughs> arrange to start rehearsals at upper nine. And then literally don't do any work until I bust ten. <laughs> literally yeah. nothing. We, we sit, we get in, and then we have, and then we go. Should we have a coffee? Should we have a, yeah. Should we have a coffee? Yeah. yeah. So somebody goes over to the coffee shop and gets a coffee, and we just sit and drink coffee. And we talk about last night's telly and all that stuff. But I think that's 
I think that's a really important part of the process. Uh, the process. <laughs> for, for us, anyway. It is, though. And I, and I think on, uh, to, to sort of try and um, examine that a little bit more, I think when you work like we do with comedy um, and you write it yourself, you need some time at the beginning of the day to tune back into each other. So you've gone away, you've had your family life, all the things that are happening in your life, and then you turn up 9.30 in the morning. You know, you couldn't just go, oh, right, let's be funny every single day. Um, you have to have a little bit of time where you go, you know, what did you watch on telly last night? And you drink your coffee just to tune into our personalities again. You were making sure. me you were making me think of the construct of an airlock. You need something to segue you in from one existence That's to it. the other. What well, we find is coffee and um, biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, and I think it, I think there's there's a tendency to to think that it, something's only of value if you've if you've kind of worked like seriously and really mm. hard on it, especially in the theatre. Um, I think and I think for us it's all about having a good time, and I think that's that's what we bring to the audience. You know, it, we're having a good time, so hopefully you'll have a good time as yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, God knows we've been, I won't name them, but we we we've been in shows together that were miserable. Yeah. I mean, luckily the shows were okay, but but we were miserable, and and I I don't think you do your best work when Definitely you're miserable no. No. <laughs> as and, a performer. And also, anyway. you know, if we were having that experience with our own company, well, why are we doing? Yeah, why are you doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. But, so we've found a way that everything we do, we we strive to be to enjoy it, really, mm. and to be. You're remembering to remember to enjoy yourselves. We like that. Absolutely. Because otherwise, what's the point in in doing it? So yeah. So we, we we're easier. We go easy on ourselves. We don't give ourselves too much hard work because that's the world we've come from to make this company. Um, so we've we found that that way works for us. Re relaxing on on ourselves, if that is a, is a phrase, which is but it is now. Relaxing on ourselves, I like that. Relax on yourself. Sounds a little bit suggestive, doesn't it? But uh, we'll move on from suggestive, that. digestive. You, you went for coffee and biscuits. There is that both of your distractions, or are you going to come up with another one? Uh, no, because he doesn't actually eat much, much sweet stuff. So well, the biscuits would be for him. Uh, they're normally for the rest of us uh, yeah. during term times. Howard's not; he stays away from the biscuits. Yeah, salad from today. Salad. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, distractions. Well, uh, in a good way, our families. I mean, mm, I know yes. that sounds. You know, we, we we try and put this all in perspective. So we we have we have sort of self-imposed rules about when we work, yeah. So that this whole thing works for us and our lives, really. Um, I mean, we're in an incredibly lucky position to be able to do that, and we we do appreciate that. Um, but you know, we 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 do this so that we can have time off with our families, yeah. right? so yes. that we can be flexible about childcare. You know, we can you know we're, we're in different stages of that actually as as it happens but but we've always supported each other in in those things yeah. you know having you, like you know it, uh, so for instance we we work really hard from september to april and yeah. then in the summer we take it a bit easier we only do two or three shows a week and we don't work on the weekends because we want time to spend with our our loved ones and that's really really important because and, no matter how much you love your job, and we do, uh, you know, it is your job in the end. And there's there's more to life than that. And and that and that means when you do come back in September, you're raring to go, and yeah. you know, yes. and you you make better work. I think. And there is that unique dynamic that you are now related through, you know, uh, Stu having married your sister and and that Shablang as well. I know you spend Christmases together. Do you also summer holiday together as well, or do you deliberately go? No, 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 no. 
<laughs> take separate holidays. Well, you love to go off camping. I go. Well, I tend to go. Yeah, we got. I've got a camper van, so so we go off. I go off to France for the whole of the summer holidays and stuff. So, um, but you know, we have done. We have, yeah, gone, we camping. have gone camping together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we will. Like for instance, we're playing the Minac for five days um, ah. in the summer, um, and we'll all pitch all up together. All the yeah. families will come. Um, so my my other sister will come down, and my uh, my brother, um, and all the cousins will be kind of hanging out together. We we actually it was Stu's daughter's birthday party on Saturday, Happy and it, we had a birthday. big family big family gathering. Didn't yeah, we? We did. It was really it was cool. Awesome. So um, when all the squad about... are together from both sides of the family, how big is the, the the crack squad that get together? Well, there's there's so my my so my dad um, has eight. Uh, no, eight, seven, seven. 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 <laughs> and this is what you're not talking. No, eight. Uh, the, the seven, gra- uh, seven granddaughters. They're yeah, all girls. All girls. Um, so boys. that's that's one lot. Um, and then my cousins uh, have two uh, two girls each. So uh, so they are um, they're just four more girls. And then Stu's sister. Yeah, my sister's got two boys. The only Ooh. boys in the family. Yeah. Um, they're there as well. And. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge, big extended family like Howard does. Um, but yeah, there's quite a lot of people. That hall had about, what, 40, 40, 40 people? 40, yeah. 40 people. And lots of kids all running around having lots of fun. So, yeah, and lots of them are almost the same age. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit crazy. But, but nice crazy. Nice crazy, yeah. Lovely. So, coffee and the happy distraction of our families in a good way. And now, finally, a quirky or unusual fact about you we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. What would that be? Quirky and unusual facts about us. I think we 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 know facts about each other that we're we definitely do. not going to share. Facts about living spit. About living spit. Yeah. Can you think of anything that we that no one would know until we told them? That's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. You could what, get a world what, exclusive. What your next show is, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah do let's that, do that. We? So we're just writing. Show. We're writing uh, our Chris, our new Christmas show. Yeah, which is going to be family friendly. Family right? friendly. Yeah. No swearing. No sex. No. Um, uh, although I have written in a, a, about a poo. Do you think that's all right? That's all right. Craig will yeah. sort that out. Craig will sort. Yeah. That. yeah Craig will sort um, it's uh, it's a version of Puss in Boots. <laughs> um, uh, Stu is playing Puss. Hi. Um, and it's called More Than a Feline. Ah, so uh, that's going to be our show. We're we're midway. Well, actually, I don't know how far I'm through writing it. I, well, he's I, written his first. I've written my first bit. I'm going to be honest with you, Howard. And here's a quirky and interesting yeah. fact about me. Done- <laughs> <I've done it. laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I expected that. <laughs> I'm supposed to have been working for this last two weeks. No, no not supposed. To. Well, no, but I said, oh, I'll crack into that, and yeah. I and You're I'm done. happy. It- so um, I might do a bit this afternoon. Yeah, um, tickle the kitten. Tickle um, the kitten. Yeah, I, I might do that. And that's not a well. tickle the kitten is your euphemism for working, uh, is like, it? I'm sort of typing like that. It's like you're sort of tickling a kitten. So it's a it's a rhyming show. Um, it is. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. Rhyming show. Yeah, Good yeah, yeah. yeah. You're weaving Sorry, the magic there. I got it. I, got it, but I didn't like it. Um, uh, yeah. So that's that's the quirking. Have you got a quirking uh, an interesting fact about you? Um, no, I don't think I do. Do I? You might know more than I do. Do I have a quirky, interesting fact about me? I don't know. I, I'm going to say my tattoo. I've got a tattoo. Yes, he does. Of uh, a heart on my hip. A heart on my hip. Yes, please. Can we see it? 
not my bum. It's not my bum. It's not my bum. Right, I'm going to show it right now. It's always good showing showing an exclusive. Yes, look at that. We've just seen Howard's heart on his hip. He always wears his heart on his hip. Take from that what you will. Stu's got lots of tattoos. I've got three tattoos. But they're much more visible. They are much more visible. And if you've seen a Living Spit show, then you've undoubtedly seen all my tattoos. So it's not. Well, you are. Your body is public property. We've already discussed that. Well, indeed. Yeah, indeed. It certainly is, apparently. Yes. Um, so, gentlemen, we have sh- we're in the clearing, which is still the theatre shop in Cleveland. We've now shaken your tree. We're now going to stay in the clearing, but move away from the tree. I've thought this through. Okay. And now we're going to talk about alchemy and gold, please. Now, when you're at purpose and in flow, what are you absolutely happiest doing, even though it's been deliciously implicit in what you've been telling us anyway? You've been giving me al- alchemy and gold by the bucket load. But what are you most happy doing when you're at purpose and in flow? Well, that's a big question. I think, um, well, when we're on stage yeah. and you're having a really good night, you just, you always know it. And I can see in Howard's eye that he's feeling it. And he can see in my eye that I'm feeling it when, when just everything's just flying. We, we have them actually, with Elizabeth. We've had quite a few in this run. So yeah, far. yeah. when you yeah. come off stage going, oh, that was great. They just got everything and everything was just flying. Um, so I suppose... Uh, I suppose that is, I I read something recently which made me think of this and it was, it's the autobiography of Steve Martin from his stand-up years. And it says, uh, he says, enjoyment on stage for me is rare because it would have been at the cost of a moment of focus and concentration to stop and enjoy myself. And I think that kind of, there's a certain truth in that, but, but I mean, we do enjoy ourselves when we're on stage, but you are always, your brain's always a little bit ahead but yeah. when when they're but really when, good, yeah, yeah. you actually can't wait for the next bit because you yeah. think they're gonna love this bit we're gonna do. And there is that there's that thing, and I've I've heard rock bands talk about it. There's there's you know, like it's always you always enjoy it, but there's some nights when you just get and this sounds pretentious, you sort of get seized by by something outside of you. Yeah. Um, and it just you can't do anything wrong, mm. you know, and you're kind of like this kind of and soldiers talk about it actually, don't they? The the madness of battle, you know, that mm. you that that the the is something to do with adrenaline, I suppose. Yes. Um, and you just can't do anything wrong, and you're kind of you know, and, and that's how I feel, not mm. often, but that does, you know, that does happen. So in a way, we're like comedy soldiers. Soldiers, really, yeah. Fighting in a way. war of thoughts. <laughs> Love that. So delicious alchemy gold. Great answer, if I may say. Lovely. Uh, so uh, finally, then, I'm going to award you with a cake for gracing us with your presence here oh. in your theatre shop clearing. So first of all, gentlemen, do you like cake? And what cake would you like? Uh, yes, although I will have to wait until um, the February, the, the May half term before I can eat it. Will yes. it keep that long? Uh, definitely. Okay. I'll make it. I, I just spent a couple of the other night. I was up till midnight baking a cake for my little girl for her party. Which was very nice, by the way. Was it nice? I had my piece. It was very nice. Thank you very much. But so I'm a little bit sort of caked out. However, I'll make an exception because I, I like I like it. So at the end of the party um, the other night, um, Stu's daughter, who's three, and she's so cute. Yeah. Um, and she yes. um, she just came up to me, uh, she, she came up to me. And she goes, Nunky. They all call me Nunky. Um, Nunky, I've got a bag for you and gave me a party bag. Now, I was the only adult who got a party bag. Of course you were, Howard. Yes. Well, actually, I don't know if you know this, but she offered you that before we'd even made one. (laughs) She said, Nunky, I've got a party bag. We went, oh, shit, we better make one for Howard. (laughs) Get some stuff in her bag. I love that, Nunky. I love that. Makes complete sense. She's always talking about seeing Nunky all the time. 
which is good because when she was really, really young, she was scared of everyone, especially bold men, of which there are quite a few in her extended family. So <laughs> she's a bit scared of Nunky, but now totally loves him, doesn't she? As they all do. She's gorgeous. Lovely. Yeah, she's and indeed, you have spent some of the pandemic, Stu, churning out some living spits because you, you did you not have a pandemic baby? Am I right in that or are uh, they past yes, that? Yes, I, I very much churned out my living spits. To <laughs> <laughs> um, use your phrase, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my living <laughs> well and truly churned out. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, yes, no, I did have a sort of pandemic baby. Um, she was, she was sort of when was it? Like January last year, she'd have been sort of conceived. Oh my god! Too well, much we're talking about my So she was born September last year. Yeah, so she was kind of the end tail end of the pandemic, really. Um, and yeah, she's seven months old now, laughing. Congratulations. And by the way, I was on a more serious note, I was going to ask you what the pandemic did to you, because that must have just been such a sort of an abrupt halt to everything you were absolutely up to at the point. Um, it was weird. Well, we were two, two things. One was we just, we just literally just come out of probably the hardest bit of work yeah. we'd ever done. Yeah. Um, so it, the, the pandemic ended that long bit of work, which was, we 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 made two shows on the bounce, um, and they were both with other people, which, as we've said, is more complicated than yes than often is. And we so we done you know, and then it stopped, and we were like, in some ways, that first lockdown was, yeah, was while well, it was annoying. It was like, yeah. oh god, thank god for that. We, we, can, had, rest. we can rest for a bit. Yes, um, it went on a bit too. But long, it did go on a bit too yeah. long. But we did manage to get out. I mean, we got out quite a lot mm. compared to most theatre companies. We. Yeah. We 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 made a um we we got out with with our Henry VIII show a, a, a bit and finished that off that tour, and then we we did make a new show. We we, we made a new show during during the pandemic, which was our Beauty and the Beast show, which we premiered at the Bristol Old Vic on the main stage, and yeah. um, we premiered it to no audience. Well, it was quite terrifying because um, it it was it was that time when we were just about to go into tears. And they were just about to be announced just before Christmas. Um, so we rehearsed this show, not knowing whether we'd get a chance to put it on, but hoping we'd be in tier two so we could put it on. So we rehearsed it for an audience. Then we got to the Bristol Old Vic and found that we didn't have an audience because we were in, we weren't in, tier, we were in tier two, but it didn't start until. Yeah, it yeah. It was so we ended up doing. Um, the first show we did was live streamed, completely empty theatre, but six cameras on you. So wow. we ended up re-rehearsing the show. And there's quite a lot of, if you, in case you haven't seen our Beauty and the Beast show, there's quite a lot of direct address of narration to the audience. So we had to look at a certain camera for which bits we were you know, narrating. So it was like, right, Stu, you're going to camera four for that bit and then cross over to camera six and then move off stage. So it was like rehearsing for a TV show or something, mm -hmm. which was very, very nerve wracking, yeah. especially because no one was in the audience and we'd never tested this material with anyone. Yes. So we knew we wouldn't get any actual feedback. Yeah, you know? yeah. There were no laughs except at home, presumably. Yeah. And then we found out we were in tier two. So we thought, yes, we can finally have an audience. We ended up doing six shows, I think. Yeah, we did a week, basically. And then, we we got and then we got locked down again. Um, so that was a strange experience. But then is, that show, is that show yet to be dusted off again then because of that? Because no, no, we, we carried on doing it. We did it. We carried, we on, carried on doing on. it. Um, to away, June? No, it was longer was it than that. Yeah, July. We did it in September. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, so we did. So, so we... Yeah, 
we were going to do Elizabeth last year again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but we instead we toured that show because we thought, well, we've yeah. only done it for a week. Um, we might as well do it. So we did. We did. We did work quite a lot through the through the pandemic. I mean, whenever we could. It's yeah. weird though. It is weird, and it was weird to play playing to half audiences yeah, and weird playing to people in, in masks. And you know, to be brutally honest, audiences aren't back yet no. fully. Yes. Um, you know, we're hoping they will be by the summer, but. And presumably you've learned a new skill in how to live stream as well now, because although that was a painful ask, it sounds like that's uh, something that you wouldn't yeah, have learned yeah. if it wasn't well, for the it pandemic. It wasn't really down to us. It was all done by an amazing team at the Bristol Old Vic that we had nothing to do with, and they just told us where to stand, really. Uh -huh. um, we have thought about other things we could live stream. Um, and as Howard said, during the during one of the lockdowns, we uh, we filmed a version of our Henry show here in this house. In fact, some of the scenes... Just right over there. There. Over there. Yeah, right there. Um, and yeah. that was called Henry at Home, which is something we planned to do for a long time. We've always wanted to do more filming and more like TV stuff, sort of stuff. Um, and luckily, we know this great guy in Cleveland, a friend of ours, Neil, Neil Johnson, who's uh, an amazing film director. And of course, he had no work either. So he was yeah. free. We were free. So it's the perfect opportunity. So we just got together in this house and we, we broke the whole show down into about six episodes. A couple of new songs as well. We threw them in, and um, we recorded it here in this house. So we're still in the process of editing that. In fact, update. Well, the update oh is that I've done a rough cut of it um, of the whole thing, and it's gone to Neil yeah. to, for him to have a look Just at. And, and is he went and bought a, a a PC rather than a Mac? Didn't oh. He? Oh. So so basically, it's, it doesn't work because <laughs> PCs don't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> what he's waiting for. Also in Hungary, or he was in Hungary last week. We should have some working on a hey! hey, working on and, and we need to ask where we can go and see that eventually as well. And you will be able to talk about where to go and find no, where to find out more about you at the end. Well, don't don't we know. know. We don't yeah. know. We don't know what form it's going to take. Um, it might. You know, we will obviously use any contacts we have to try and hawk it around the uh, the TV industry, but. Um, it may be that we do a screening of it in at the Curzon, or we might release it on. I don't know. Who knows? We the we didn't future, know. It's awesome. We didn't yeah. know what it was for, we but did. we just wanted to do it. So, yeah. uh, and we could have the time. Didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. Uh, so I've taken us down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Now we're back to the cake, which is why we started okay, on this right. particular episode. Oh, yeah, the cake yeah. now is right. where you get to put a cherry on the cake of our conversation together. And this takes the form of um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given as living spit is one answer. What um, off what notes might you proffer to a younger version of your company if now with the gift of hindsight? And then finally, inspired by Shakespeare and all the world's astute and all the men and women Billy players, when all is said and done, we'll talk about legacy and how you'd most like to be remembered. Okay. Wow. So, all right, well, I'm going to jump to go, the second part go. of that, that question. Yeah, which was what? I which is, um, what would, advice would we give ourselves, our younger yes. selves? Mm. And there is something quite fundamental, I think, that we've learned. And it's only happened quite recently. We, we've been together 10 years doing this. And I think it's probably taken eight years to get this, really. I'd like to go back to when we were writing our first story, our first shows, which were history shows. We had Henry VIII and particularly Elizabeth I, actually, the one we're doing right mm. now. And I would say to my younger self, our younger selves, I'd say, 
don't worry too much about the history. Like, try not to pack <laughs> too much in. Remember, it's a comedy show and not a history show. So the very first version of Elizabeth that we did, <laughs> well, just to sort of briefly dip into the history, we did Henry VIII, which is a very episodic sort of story. It lends itself to a comedy show because he's got this... He's got these wives, one, two, three, four, five, six, and there's kind of like chapters of his life. And he, of course he did lots of other things around it, but the story's broken down for you into those chunks. It was very easy to kind of manipulate and play with what people think they know about these wives. But Elizabeth is much more convoluted. So she's she's got a lot more political kind of machinations. And, you know, then you've got the Spanish Armada coming. You've got these crazy characters. Shakespeare's even, you know, he makes an appearance and, and, I think we just tried to put all of that in, and yeah. it was crazy. Like you can't oh, get God. all of that in. Well, there was you? it was when we first ran it. It ran at two and a half hours long, yeah. and now it's down to what was it now? An hour, hour and ten. And ten. So, so we've cut an hour and twenty minutes out of the show. Yeah. Um. And and it, it's so much better for it. And yeah. Well, you know that that's the most important thing is is learning to kill your babies. Basically, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you write write stuff which you love. And it's really, really hard when you're the performer. There's so many reasons why you like it. And, and this is the always the, the only thing of tension with, with Craig, isn't it? Because mm. he'll say, you don't need that. And we'll yeah. say, well, we think you do. And yeah. he'll say, no, you don't. And well, to be honest, sometimes he's right, sometimes well, yeah, he's with wrong. The benefit of hindsight, so you look back at what we've done and you think, well, he was probably right about that. We yeah. probably should have been yeah. less uh, like... Um, trying to hold on to our ideas about that. We should have let him do that. But mm. other times, there's times when we've listened to him and we go, well, actually, I think we regret listening to him. The relationship with him is really give and take. There's, there's um, such a lovely well, implicit trust in your dynamic as a trio in how you craft what you want to do and then he will direct it. I love that. It's really clear that. But, but also, I think, um, I can't remember what I was going to say now, um, it's... It's trusting, trusting, learning to trust other people's opinions. Really, yes. You know, we're, we're all, we're all, we've all got egos, and we all think we're right. But actually, sometimes you have to go. Well, actually, I don't think, I don't think they're right. Yes. Mm. But I trust them enough to go. Okay, let's do it like that, or you know, because, you know, because I, I, I trust them basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and, and find a way hard. to get it, to get over it without sulking is a good thing as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that sort of answers that one. Um, the best advice we've been given. Well, I think some of the best advice I have been given was probably by you, actually. Oh, no. um, and that was not uh, that one, is it? clean your teeth. No, it's not <laughs> clean your teeth. No, um, it, it's not to read your reviews. Um, yeah. And that is whether they are good or bad, because whatever they say, it can't help but affect it when you do it the next night. Yes. So if they say, oh, that bit was great, but I didn't like that so much. And then even if you think it's not affecting you, when you get to that moment the next night, you think, oh, this is the good bit. And you go, oh, this is the bit they didn't like very much. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just, it, it's just not a good idea. Having said that, when you run your own company, it's sometimes important for you to, to read those so you can get these little sound bites out. But then we've yes. got our brilliant producer, Ali, who sorts all that for us. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably a good bit of advice. Yeah, I, I, and also another bit, just to, to touch on the advice he's given me, um, which is that, it's not that one. I used to say, no, it's not that one. <laughs> we, we worked together in two thousand and one, I think, in a in a show called Up the Feeder Down the Mouth, 
And I said to him one day, just chatting, I said, oh, I, I love it when you do that bit. You're really funny. And he said, oh, no, don't tell me that. I don't ever want you to tell me you love it when I do something. I said, why? He said, because then I'm just thinking about it. I'm just always thinking about it. So it kind of touches into the reviews bit yeah. as well. Yeah. Although I think I've become much more. You have become much more. Well, so what I love there, I know that you met on Up the Feeder, Down the Mouth, that, that show, and you're in good company. Laurel and Hardy first worked together about 12 years before they formed the double act. So you have something about how you met, woo, and then went off and then came back. There we go. The Laurel and Hardy of Portisette. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what we're going to be next. Uh, yeah. Welcome uh, and wise, yeah. Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello. We've, we've been naming them all so far. All good stuff. <laughs> um, so we so might be up to now the... It could be the Shakespeare now, unless you'd like to answer anything else about. So so how, when all is said and done, and, and you've, you've been really articulate and clear about how this is all about enjoyment and a joie de vivre that sort of spills off the stage in the process that you're going through. But how, when all is said and done, to Living Spit, do you want to most be remembered, Ed? I think we'd like to be remembered as the best two-man musical comedy company from Clevedon. <laughs> That there between, ever was between the years between the years twenty and, and, and whenever it finishes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I. I. I it's weird, isn't it? Because you kind of have fantasies of these weird fantasies about winning awards or or being sort of recognised outside outside of just the audience, you know. And and of course, you know, like if, if somebody said, "Oh, we, you know, you're going to win," we were nominated. We were nominated for an Offie. Um, which is an off West End award back mm. in when we were up there uh, a couple of years ago. And um, and it felt really, oh, oh yeah, off yeah, oh, nice. oh. yeah. you know. Um, but then you realise it's just, it's, you know, that's not the point of what no, we do. The point not. of what we do is making sure that that audience has a good night out. That's the only mm. thing that matters. Mm. And, and so to get distracted by that stuff you're just falling into that trap of doing of working for the industry not for the yes. audience and you can't learn anything from those people not that they haven't got anything to offer but the it's it's the the only people that can teach you anything about being a performer are the audience yeah. yes they are the ones that you can't you, you can go to drama school and all that kind of stuff you can you know you can I have a real thing about this this idea that that theatre companies these days you can't just put on a show you have to kind of have to do a scratch performance then you have to do like something where you try it out in front of people. Van Gogh didn't didn't kind of go. What do you think of this picture? Should I put a bit more in or should I take a bit more yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. He put the picture and said, "Do you like it or don't you like it?" And yeah. I think yeah. you've got. I think as a as a as an artist, you've got to have the courage of your convictions and go well perhaps somebody won't like it perhaps somebody mm. will be upset by this but it's what we want to do and and we can only learn from from the audience yeah really. so to, to sort of answer the question i suppose we, we like to be remembered as the van gogh of comedy yes yes <laughs> you've got a lovely pair of ears there so keep them you know, both exactly. i to cut one of them off and well, i still have most of them is a fact he didn't what? cut his ear off did, did he? he cut a bit of his ear off oh cheap. Uh. yeah no, go figure. Right. So you're, you're both trailblazers in control your destiny or others will control it for you. You found a, a shtick, a, a, a stoop, or whatever the expression is, and you're, you're playing a delicious furrow. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that is a good way of summing it up. We did, we, we've created this company to try and have some control over our destiny because as an actor, um, you spend a lot of time waiting for the phone to ring so yes. people can decide what you're going to do next. So 
yeah, we found that very frustrating and thought, well, why don't we just make our own phones ring and, you know, I'll make yours ring and you make mine ring and we'll tell each other what we're going to play. You can like, ring oh, my bell. I, I, I love that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing your delicious story. <laughs> <laughs> And, and listen, long yeah. may you keep ringing each other's bell because it's ringing the audience's bell as well. This is lovely stuff. Uh, so where can oh, we Chris, find no, out? No, no. Oh. I need to apologise because it, there was a strict time limit at 45 minutes. Yes. I think we're an hour we're and quarter over. already. We're no, no, over. listen, I did, for this one, I just wanted because it was the lovely, just the, the, I wanted the happy anarchy of just as long as this took being the right length. And, and thank you. This has been a lovely right. well, interpretation of the journey. <laughs> So listen, here's your final question. As this has been your moment in the good listening to the story behind the story of Living Spits, this is your moment in the sunshine. Is there anything else you'd like to say about being here? <laughs> um, well, all I can say is we got away with it again. Once again, it's a bit it. like our a podcast. Yeah, you yeah. get away with with uh, with things like this, having done absolutely yeah, no true. preparation whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I came around to Howard's a little bit early um, to try and think about these questions we're going to be asked, and I said to him, "Have you thought about this?" I'm like, no. And then we spent the rest of the time trying to get this microphone to work, which yes. didn't. And so we were just thrown straight into it. But actually, I think. It's quite a good metaphor for what we do. Don't think about it too much. Just check Lovely. yourself straight in. Something or some alchemy and gold, as you said, Chris, it's, it's, come out of it. Yeah, and that's what we do as performers. We both talked about this, haven't yeah. we? That you, I don't. We never go on stage thinking I'm going to do that tonight. Yeah. You yeah, go yeah. on and you go. Oh, what's what's going to happen? Let's yeah, see what happens. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's the instant win thing, isn't it? It's the it's, you know, you just go on and uh, 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 to say are open makes it sound pretentious, but. You know, you just go yeah. on and see what happens, yeah. and, and see whether where it takes you that night, and and that's that makes it yeah. unique and and special, I think. Yeah, and there's a. I always think about something Jerry Seinfeld said. He says, "I don't know how good I'm going to be any good night any night. I just turn up. I don't know how good I'm going to be, and I don't know how it's going to go. But there's something so lovely about that mystery. Just turning up at work, you know. Um, I mean, welders don't turn up and go. I don't know how this is going to go today. But yeah. We do. We get to have that. We get to have that element of, of mystery and chance and alchemy, um, and it's different every single night. And that's something that's so brilliant about what we do. So there you go. There you go. Have that. Have it. Where can we find out more about Living Spit on the hinterweb, please? Right. Right. So you want to go to uh, livingspit.co.uk, uh, where we, there's a. It's quite a big website, really. There's a, there's a load of material about what we do. Um, there's some videos, although they haven't been updated for long. Oh. I'll speak to the webmaster about that. Um, yeah, that's you. That's isn't me. It? Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> also, you can you can um, you can. So there's loads of photos and stuff like that. You can get in touch with us there as well. There's yes, a bit yeah. of merch you can oh, buy. Yeah, um, can buy. Well, them? I think it's just downloading songs now. No tote bags. No, well, the thing was, right, we used to have a shop, but it was such a hassle to go to the the, the post office yeah. and post it that we actually took everything off sale. So, yeah. that, But you can download music there for a small fee. Um, you can also listen to the Living Spit podcast, um, which is now on its 26th episode. Something like that. Um, and I think, well, we haven't talked about it. I think we'll what? probably do a, a, an episode soonish. Yeah, soonish. Yes. Yes. Soon. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and in fact, I think we might, try and speak to Neil Johnson, our, Ooh, uh, our lovely yes, film dressing really friend. Uh, and that'll be a long episode. He can chat. Indeed, um, we can chat. And then you can also get us on social oh, media. Social media, yes. So you can find us on Twitter, um, at Living Spit. You can find us on Facebook, where we've got both a page and a group. 
Um, we sort of try and have been pensioning the group out, but people keep joining it, so we'll keep it going. Um, and a page there as well. You can get in touch with us there. You can email us. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram, which is you just do a search for Living Spit on Instagram. And you'll find us. We always post videos and stuff there, try and make the content fun. Yeah, we? we do. Um, yeah. Anything else? Any other places? No, I don't think so. Um, well, Cleveland really. in the theatre shop. Come and see the theatre shop. Yeah, come yes. see, you can go to theatreshop.org.uk for a comp comprehensive list of uh, who's playing there, including us. We'll be there in June or July. End of June, beginning of yeah, July. Yeah, yeah. And Instant um, Wit will be strangely available to come back there too. We love the theatre. Oh, yes, we'll wait that happen. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. And, so, yeah, you can find all our tour dates on our website. We're touring up until July with this one, and then we'll be back in the autumn with Adolf and Winston. Um, so I think that's all the news. Yeah, really. and then, as you've heard, more yeah, than a feline, and then another new show this time next year. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll keep that under our hats. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, Gentlemen, thank you so much. You've been listening to uh, the, the story behind your story show. This has been Howard Coggins, Stu McLaughlin from Living Spit. You've been an absolute joy and a pleasure. Thank you for gracing us here in the clearing with your presence. Wonderful. Oh, well, thank you so much for having us. We've had a great time. Yeah. You've been listening to the Good Listening To show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's myself. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan, to your good health, and goodbye. So, Howard and Stuart, thank you for being here in the Good Listening To show, the story behind your story show. If Could I just get your immediate feedback? What was that like being given a damn good listening to? Uh, I think it was great. Actually, right. uh, what, what, what's interesting is when, you, when we do these things, which we do now and again, like interviews and stuff, you always find out quite a lot about the other person. I think. <laughs> no, but you know what, what I mean? You find out no, about no, them? I don't know. But, you know, you always kind of go, <laughs> oh, right, they think that, do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, OK. They, you know, yeah, so yeah, like, we don't often get a chance to talk like this much. We so never, when we do, it's nice. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. We never nice. talk about how we feel about the world. Yeah. So it's for us as a, as a sort of duo, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's really interesting. One of the things we do is not often <laughs> talk about the process yes. with each other of what we do. So when we, yes. when we do, it's really nice to to do it and get a chance to do it so it's been a, it's been a pleasure hasn't it it's been a it joy. really has yeah yeah and um and yeah it's 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 hard hard because as we said that we don't like pretentiousness so in some ways talking about it is like the worst thing to yeah for yes. us but actually sometimes it is nice to sort of crystallize yeah how you feel about something and and it for be forced to kind of analyze it mm. a little bit mm. um but we always, you know, we always, it's the Barry Cryer thing, isn't it? You know, the the, um, the dissecting of the, the, the frog. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, uh, dissecting a joke is, is like dissecting a frog. Nobody cares and the frog dies. Um, <laughs> I think it's a bit like that. But actually, you know, it, it's interesting to think about how we work and how it's different to other people. Not better or worse, just different. Yes. Yeah. And actually, your, your method, whatever you've crafted, even though it's beautifully anarchic and slightly random, there is definitely method to your madness in just trusting each other's ability to all pull in your own same direction. And I love the trust yeah. that's implicit. And, you know, Ali Robertson is there as well in the background and, and obviously Craig Edwards and your two producers. It's so a great worried, team. Like just, what's worrying me most is that I seem to have this weird sort of halo on my head. Look. You've got a Venetian oh. blind halo. I love that. I know. Oh. You're an angel. 
I'm an angel. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And you're the first time I've done a double act like this, a duo. Oh, right. So, so thank right. you. That was a really interesting experiment for me too. Good. Well, I'm, I'm sorry it went on, but yeah. you know. no. It, it, do you know what? I, I thought there every now and again th there've been a couple of times when I just know it's going to be longer, and that's completely fine. So thank you very much. It's got to be the right, right length. And I thought that was the right length. Thank you very much. Oh, if you've been watching you. on Facebook as well, thank you very much indeed. Right, well, let us right. know and tag us and all that shit. Yeah, that, that, that. And we'll, we'll, we'll bang it out there. I'll tag you in all that shit. And Stan and I, by the way, loved it when we came to Elizabeth first. Oh, we, it was thank just... you. And listen, yeah. gents, long may you continue because it is such a clever thing you're doing. And it's, it is, oh, it is deeply joyful to see you weave it. And everybody that we all know absolutely loves it and thinks you're amazing. Oh. So good on you.